I want everyone to get fucked. All night, every day, just like I do. Fuck everybody else. That's it. Welcome to episode two. Welcome to episode two. All right. Dudes versus discs. Yeah. (laughs) Here we are. Again. Here we are. And um, now we're moving on to our next double feature. Double feature time. Kevin Hines, what'd you bring to the table? Oh, man. Got a good one. Uh, well, actually, I don't really know if it's a good one, but we'll <laughs> find out. Uh, I uh, got Flash Gordon. Brought Flash Gordon. And when you told me that, I have been uh, looking forward to seeing this, good. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've heard, I've heard uh, like, old older guys that are, like, into sci-fi, like old stoners you run into at the bar or whatever talking about movies or whatever. I've heard a couple of them bring up Flash Gordon. I could see I could totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> and I've also heard like there was like a a movie back in the day it was like American Hero or maybe it was a TV show or something like that. They'll bring up they'll bring up that talking about Flash Gordon too. So I don't know if it's like almost like the same kind of you mean eighteen or GI Joe? No, no, no. It was like a. It was like that was the title of the American show. It was like Hero? American Hero or Amer- <laughs> a real American or I don't. I don't really know. I'm just kind of. I'm just kind of like. Hey, if any of the listeners out there can uh, throw us a bone on that one, yeah. send us an email. Yeah. And that is dudes versus discs at gmail That might not work because I haven't made it yet, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so um <clears throat> uh real quick to uh i wanted to bring up at least uh one thing uh from episode one uh we we watched blade runner and uh sean young she played rachel the character rachel yeah and do you do you remember a movie that she would have been in, and it was a comedy. I mean, I know. I'm just wondering. Right. I feel right. like I, once you s- being, hear me tell you this, vague, it's gonna yeah. like blow your mind a little bit. Oh. <laughs> All right. Movie comedy. You want me to just tell you the title of the movie, and then you uh, could see like, and you, I don't know, mate. Go for it. Ace Ventura. Was she the Finkler guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. I was like so bummed when I I totally forgot about that fact, and I was bummed that I didn't bring it up in episode one. But yeah, yeah, dude, isn't it like when I realized that, uh, you know, a couple years ago, I it kind of blew my mind a little bit. I was I didn't even. She almost, I mean, like once you see or replace the name and see Blade Runner, and then you can like kind of line up the make them look like the same person, but don't they they seem like the different two different people. Like, yeah. They don't look the same. Yeah, uh, that's probably what like 15 years does to a person. <laughs> I guess. I guess. That could be it. <laughs> but uh, so Flash Gordon. Um, this, it doesn't, I kind of bought this as like a bundle and it doesn't have like a synopsis on the back. Sure. So I just kind of, I just kind of searched the internet real quick and I figured I'd, I'd read that instead of the synopsis of, of the, on the back of the movie. Um, it says, although NASA scientists are claiming the unexpected eclipse and strange hot hail are nothing to worry about, Dr. Han Zarkoff knows better and takes football star Flash Gordon <laughs> and, tra- and travel agent 
Dale Arden with him into space to rectify things. Travel agent? Yeah. Is that what you said? I did. (laughs) You are correct, sir. Uh, Well, it gets better. Uh, They land on planet Mongo, where where the... um, I'm not sure what that word is. Despot? D-E-S-P-O-T? Despot? 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 The bad guy. (laughs) Ming the Merciless is attacking Earth out of pure boredom. Uh, With help of the race of Hawkmen... (laughs) Hawkman is uh, one word, and it's a race of people, apparently. Uh, Flash and the gang struggle to save their home planet. Um, director Mike Hodges and was released in 1980. Its budget was $35 million. $35 million? $35 million bucks. I oh thought this God. was like going to be like a couple hundred thousand movie or something. Wow. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, do you know if Queen, I understand Queen did at least some of the score. Did, did they do the whole score or is it just like a few tunes? Um, I can, I can look it up real quick. Well, in the meantime, that would mean something. Uh, do you have something? You got something? Yeah, I do. Perfect. Flash Gordon is the ninth studio album and first soundtrack album by the British rock band Queen. So, yeah, it was the they did the entire soundtrack and it's their ninth album. Righteous. Very cool. Uh, but so also, I do want to add that uh, I don't keep my DVD cases, I know you do. But I put all my DVDs inside of a CD book, and um, in giant CD books. I have multiple huge amounts of books with CDs, DVDs in them. And <clears throat> I was thinking, I don't know, you guys want some DVD cases? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll sign them, throw something in there, fun, and uh, mail them off. Let's see if you guys give a shit. Yeah, we'll find <laughs> out. Um, so, yeah, let's keep in mind that I paid $5 for this movie. Um, it came in a four pack, it was 20 bucks, so five times four is 20. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) Brought to you by math. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, $5 DVD, I feel like you can never really go wrong with that. Uh, I bet you could. Maybe. Uh, human centipede. <laughs> oh, oh, a five dollar DVD. There's this. Oh boy. Well, I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a movie out there. It's called Teeth. Uh, and is that the vagina? The teeth yeah, vagina. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't pay five dollars for that. Did but, Kevin Smith do that movie? Oh no. Let's find out. Oh. Jamie, look that up. In the meantime. No. <laughs> Mitchell Lichtenstein. Oh. Uh, and I'm pretty positive that's his name is Mitchell Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein. That movie had a budget of two million bucks. And it's labeled it's labeled as a comedy horror. Gross. Yeah, I've never seen it. 
I, I saw it in the army. <laughs> yeah, I watched a lot of weird movies in the army, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw Human Centipede, and that was that was traumatizing. I never saw that. That was traumatizing. Um. So yeah, on to uh, let's watch Flash Gordon. Let's watch. Bro. Let's watch that. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive. He's in our boyer. Prince Baron is aiding him. Baron. I tell you, now is the time to strike. Jesus Christ. And we're back. <laughs> that was a long hour and a half, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a... Uh, it was like a really... Badass trip, dude. Yeah. Like, a lot of that movie was like a real badass trip. No, and I don't know if... Uh, we were talking and missing stuff, but scenes were... You know, they would say what they want to do, and obviously they got to get through something to get there, right. but then it seems like the next scene would be them at where they need to be. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, let's, let's walk, let's walk through the, the movie, like, let's explain it in our own words. So, like, it starts off, flashes with, uh. Well, it starts off with the spaceship over Earth, and he's, like, causing earthquakes oh, yeah. and hot hail. Yeah, and... <laughs> which they seemed like that was, like, a big part of the movie was the hot hail. And it turned out it was, like, no part of the movie. It was, like... Yeah, it seemed like they wanted to make it very prominent, but then it was just regular hail. Yeah. And then there were, the, like, these flaming balls flying from the sky, but then you find out that yeah. those aren't even... That's not even the hail. That's the that's the moon that yeah. blew up. Yeah, it was, like, uh, hot moon meteors. Hot moon <laughs> meteors. And then they meet this mad scientist who's not mad. He's just crazy and wants to save the planet because he knew all this shit was going to happen. Yeah. And he had a rocket, so they got in it. Which, I don't know how he had the rocket either, but that's besides the point. Mm. He probably said something about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, so, so Flash and, and uh, I forget her name. The travel her name was, agent. I think her name was Dale, to tell you the truth. I'm pretty positive. Because I, I remember reading the synopsis, and I thought it was a dude. <laughs> and it turned out it was a chick. <laughs> Dale, the travel agent. Uh, so... <laughs> They crash a plane into him because it gets hit with the hot moon meteors. Uh, they fly. Well, yeah, they yeah, they get they get up. They get into the wormhole. Yeah. They travel to this other uh, galaxy. Yeah. Or something. I don't know how they got to another galaxy that easily. Yeah. And, well, they were passed out most of the time for some reason. Yeah. I guess the G forces knocked them out or something. Yeah. And, and then and then so. They they run into Ming the Merciless. <laughs> Ming, very reminiscent of the dude from Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. like you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, really racist style, nineteen uh, eighties Fu Manchu. Yeah, <laughs> and he had a British accent. <laughs> uh, but he's attacking Earth because he's bored, and then. Uh, Flash um, kind of teams up with all these other races, I guess. Yeah, he's like a space dictator that's over... He's yeah. like the Empire from Star Wars. Yeah. Right? And right. so he's taking over all these freaking cultures. And, uh, you know, Flash lands in 
they realize that Flash could probably bring them all together and take out me. <laughs> Save Earth while saving all of their own civilizations against the yeah. evil dictator. So he um, gets the tree men and the hawkmen and uh, <laughs> the tree men, the... which were Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. It was like Robin yeah. Hood people. <laughs> yeah, they had like they had like uh, collared shirts that were green with like. <laughs> Woven, it woven, looked like woven bamboo from, like, leaves yeah, or something. Yeah. And then the Hawkmen, they were like, they had pants on, but like no shirts and like strapped on like wings. <laughs> Birdman straight out of yeah. Rick and Morty, which I'm thinking is a total play on these yeah. the Hawkmen from this movie. It has yeah. to be. Uh, and so, what about music, man? Like the music was disappointing as hell. Yeah, I thought it would be way more Queen and way less. Whoever that orchestra guy yeah. was. Uh, the guy who did the score. Um, yeah, I mean, it seemed like there were a couple Queen songs. And even the Flash Gordon Queen song, I feel like they were butchering it to hell throughout the yeah. entire movie. Yeah. Just playing, like, bits in certain scenes. Yeah. And then <laughs> it was Flash, like, and then next scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, because it said that they wrote a whole album for the movie. It was their ninth studio album, right? Yeah, so, I mean, clear they had to have been songs that we didn't even realize. Were. Yeah, must have been. But um, other than the Flash song, like In the wedding, the wedding ceremony thing. Yeah, obviously. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Brian May. Possible, Brian May. Yeah, it sucked. Like the the score wasn't that great. Wasn't good. Special effects were abysmal yeah. and you said the budget was what 30 million like 35 million i think and so we had looked up what the budget of uh reach uh empire strikes back which came out the same year yeah in 1980 the budget was half it was 11 million it was a third bro <laughs> it was a third oh i thought you said 16 million no i'm pretty sure it was 11 oh, even okay so even 11 to 16 million still like a budget that much less than Flash Gordon, and yeah. that movie looked twice as good as this. Yeah, uh, Empire Strikes Back looked way more, twice as good way as more, Flash. Way more than twice as good. Yeah. It was like it was like four times the the visual effects that. Yeah, Flash Gordon's little motor scooter with like their space scooter absolutely you know, looked like it was made of styrofoam. Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> think about it till right now. But did like, have you ever seen the Never Ending Story? Of course. So like Falcor flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what like that. That's what like the space scooter like that whole kind of like not. It's obviously not the same shot, but it was done the same way where it's like off in the distance and it's like you could tell it's like kind of green screen or something whatever mm. they had at the time. And it was like kind of barely moving, you know. It's like they like took a couple of pictures and they just like posted it up on a wall or something. Uh, yeah, it sucked. And his freaking final scene: Flash Gordon's flying in to stop the wedding, destroy Ming, bring in all the people to come, uh, you know, take over the dictator. And his final gargantuan moment is. Just flying in a ship straight towards the palace yeah. that's surrounded by a force field yeah. with lasers being shot at him, and he's just flying straight through it, yeah. straight to the palace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the and the I don't know if you noticed. I was gonna say something, but so like we were talking about how all the rockets were kind of like penises, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like 
it, it, the penis went right into the fucking hole. Right in the hole. And then just like <laughs> straight up like hit the G-spot and the G-spot was Ming. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a spike on the front of the ship and it just goes right into Ming's back. Yeah. But then Ming pulls himself off. Right. And then he gets sucked into his ring? Yeah. I think he did. Um, it sucks into his sucked into his ring. It falls on the ground, and instead of like being, hey, maybe we should do something about this ring, they just leave it there. Right. And then the final seed is this hand, which is this other evil lady under Ming. Uh, her hand like reaches over, grabs the ring, and then it's the end. Question, question mark. mark. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Please no. Do not make a sequel to this movie. Right? Play, no. I well, I I don't think they did, or I would have at no, least no, heard, they heard an inkling of it or something. <laughs> um. So, uh, what what you what you think? What do you think of the movie? What do you think of like the visual like styling of it? Like, dude, I think it had a lot of potential. Like mm-hmm. like you said, it looked like a bad acid trip and yeah. I actually kind of dug that about it. Like yeah. the, the costumes were actually pretty dope. Yeah, some of them, yeah, some yeah, of them were like really the, like on point. The yeah. gold skull mask that yeah. the guy was wearing and the moving mouth and whatnot, like that looks better than a lot of CGI bullshit that we see today. Yeah, 100%. Like I I if whenever there's like a a physical prop that could be had. I'm all about that versus CGI in it. Anyway. Yeah, and we had talked about it in Blade Runner where we're fans of miniatures, like yeah. highly detailed miniatures yeah, absolutely. that uh, you can't tell. I mean, you can obviously tell that they're not to scale, yeah. but it's just like that, that, that physical realism goes way further than high-tech CGI. And look, one of the things that kind of... Like <laughs> they is like some some of the stuff they got right, like the costumes, right, and like some of the some of like the backgrounds where it's like the cool like blue and pink clouds like swirling and like all the fucking really fucking badass LSD shit going on in the background. Yeah, and it looked like that everywhere to the point where we couldn't even yeah, tell could... if they were in space or on a planet. Yeah, I don't know if they were or not. But they were like flying to different planets, but they were none of them were shaped yeah, like, like a like a globe. Like a sphere, yeah. Yeah, like a sphere. It, they were like pieces of a planet or yeah. one was like a bowl shape. One was like a giant weird ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like frozen salt water. Yeah. It looked like frozen yeah. chunks of salt water. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it's super weird, but um, yeah, man. I mean, for for all of the stuff they did kind of get right, there was all that weird stuff, and then like the props, um, like the swords, they're just like outlandish, like huge scimitars with like these weird curves at the end <laughs> for no reason, and like when they have lasers and uh, oh oh, um, so the my favorite part. My favorite part are the guys with those fucking like electronic goggle things on. Oh yeah, yeah, so awesome, yeah. dude! We gotta get a pair of yeah. those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, their goggles are super cool. They're like to kind of explain what they look like. They're like uh, I can't even explain what they, they look, look like, like. Steampunk goggles, right? They're like the three D like when you used to get the comics. They're like the three D yeah. goggle shape. They're so they're super like squared off. Mm. 
Um, but the bulk of like steampunk glasses yeah. that kind of envelop your eyes. Right. And then they have like these screens on the front that have like these little digital readouts that yeah, <laughs> those are cool, something. dude. Cool as shit. And then uh, Flash goes to like take one of them off of their face and um, and it, there it turns out like he takes it off and like there's these all of a sudden there, you realize that they're wired into the guy's face and like the wires are coming out of his eyeballs. Yeah. And, like, both of us were like, whoa, we yeah, did not see yeah, that, that was, coming. That was the best part of the whole movie, <laughs> honestly. Was. Like, that was the one cool effect during the whole movie that I was like, dude, like, you know, oh, man. Um, yeah, so some of the stuff they got real right, some, some they got wrong. But, like, the story, uh, absolutely forgettable. That's the uh, trashiest fucking story. The oh. acting, absolutely abysmal. Abysmal. <laughs> Non-existent. Um, <laughs> the score, uh, one okay song, and the rest sucked. I mean, the end credits had better music than the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So I think we can I think we could sum this up. Uh, no need to really go into too much more detail. What? Uh, so you paid? How much did you pay for it? I paid five bucks. Hey, would you pay five bucks for it again? Uh, I paid fifty cents for it. <laughs> I paid fifty cents for that. Uh, five dollars movie. Yeah, I paid fifty. Like you're at a garage sale, you see Flash Gordon, pick it up for fifty cents. Yeah, fifty cent movie. That's yeah. I mean that's a no brainer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any more than that? Seventy five cents? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't even pay a buck for this thing. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would try to haggle it down to fifty cent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, you heard it here first, people. You don't need to watch it. No, <laughs> no it's absolutely, uh, absolutely terrible film. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Uh, but get a pair of those goggles. Pretty sweet. Look it yeah. up. Find some pictures of that shit. Yeah, those things are pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. Actually, try to maybe find the time code where that happens and and watch that one part. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we were saying that, like, the best way to watch this movie is the first 10 or 15 minutes for setup and then just go straight back to the last 15 minutes of the movie. Because yeah. then you get that best part and yeah. you get the final climactic ending, yeah. if you want to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the great... <laughs> Thanks, Flash. <laughs> yeah, so fucking ending to the Contra video game, like you said. The Hawkman doing choreographed flying dancing, yeah. and they formed the words "Thanks, Flash." <laughs> he saved every one of us. Oh dear. But so, uh, what do we got? What do we got next, man? All right. Um, so uh, this time, from now on, uh, the first episode I did bring in two movies but the i think from now on we're gonna each bring um our own tastes to the table so kevin brought along flash gordon um i brought 12 monkeys oh yeah yes yeah i'm kind of stoked yeah it's a classic you've seen it you said you saw it once a while ago i saw it i'm pretty positive i was in high school i was on a I was on like a Brad Pitt kick for a long time. Fight Club, I watched that, and then I watched uh, Legend of the Fall. Which, God. yeah, and then um, I'm pretty positive I, I had a copy of Twelve Monkeys too. Hell yeah, on VHS if I if I believe right. Yeah, this is a good one, and uh, I don't know if you ever watched the show because they had a 
They had a 12 Monkeys show on no, it for a while. I never watched it. It was okay. I watched the first few seasons, and then the last season they were getting super convoluted with their time hop storyline shit mm. that they were trying to put. So I never finished it, but I would like to, and uh, it was it was a decent show. But uh, this movie stars Brad Pitt, Bruce Willis. Um, it's about... Read the back. Uh, oh, let me grab the DVD case. That means there's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Twelve monkeys, people. Uh, In the science fiction masterpiece, Cole, played by Bruce Willis, is sent back in time to save the human race from a deadly virus that has forced mankind into dark underground communities in the future. This is pretty on the nose with current times. I don't know if you've mm. noticed. Along his travels, he encounters a psychiatrist, played by Madeline Stowe, and a mental patient brilliantly portrayed portrayed by Brad Pitt. Wow, they just they just really give him the uh, thumbs up on the back of the this DVD is, cover. This is Brad, <laughs> Brad Pitt's heyday. He's good. I yeah, mean, don't get me prime, wrong. This is prime of his career, I think. Uh, who may hold the key to the mysterious rogue group, the Army of the Twelve Monkeys, thought to be responsible for unleashing the killer disease. Believing he can obtain a pure virus sample in order to find a cure in the future, he is met with one riddle after another that puts him in a race for time. Hmm. Another time travel movie. Going yeah. from Clock Stoppers in episode one to yeah. t- 12 Monkeys. I have a feeling that 12 Monkeys is 40 times the movie the Clock Stoppers was. For sure. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. Sounds good. I like I like the quote on the front of the DVD cover. 12 Monkeys. The future is history. Oh. <laughs> Fancy, bro. Fancy. Mind blower. So, yeah, I um, think we're going to go ahead and tear into this movie. Uh, yes, I, I got this flick for, I uh, paid $3 plus two fifty shipping. Damn. Five fifty. Fifty cents more in Flash Gordon? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Guess we'll find out. <laughs> Let's pop this shit in. All right. Here's some games here, and there's... Get out! Get out! He's in my chair. It is late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. Dude, I did not know that movie was two hours and ten minutes long. Yeah, it's a, it's a really long one. And especially after Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon is only an hour and a half, and it yeah. also felt like a two-hour movie. And it is eleven thirty. We're a few beers in, yeah. but let's see how this goes. Twelve monkeys, dude. Oh, what'd you think about it, man? It oh, good. do we want to summarize first? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's do it. <laughs> um, so you know, we read the back of the DVD case, and that was it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Willis um, starts off in a prison, or well, it it starts off with like some some like. You can tell it's like a memory. Like, it's just like very chopped up memory. Yeah, so memory of, uh, there was like, uh, he's got this memory of as a child in an airport, and he witnessed uh, this man get shot to death. And uh, it's kind of like a recurring dream that he has. 
throughout the movie, the main character, Bruce Willis. Um, but yeah, it starts out in, what, like 2030? Is that the future time? Yeah, I'm not sure what. I don't think what they exactly ever gave year. the exact date. No, he just keeps saying, when they keep giving him dates, he just keeps saying, that's the past. And then even though even though he was in the past in 1990. Well, yeah, yeah. When he, they're talking like 96, 1990, yeah, that's the past. He's like, he's like, oh, 96 is the past too, even though it's the future and the time he's in. Well, we know that he was eight years old in 1996. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was when he said... Well, actually, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but uh, we do know that he was eight years old in 96. He claims that's when they went underground because this virus broke out, pretty much decimated mankind. And so in this future time, which seems like it's 20, 2030 or 2020, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, right about now, which is Whoa. also kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, so this world... This future world, like, super broke down, like, clearly living underground, very industrial. Yeah. Um, and he does seem like a prisoner. Yeah. But he, was, never... he was in prison for something. Yeah, he had some kind of sentence, and they had, like, uh, brought him in to, quote, volunteer yeah. for this project to go back in time and quill this rise of this virus and try to save mankind. Um, and then they say, you know, if they're if he's able to go back in time, get this certain kind of pertinent information, that they'd give him a pardon. Yeah. And what I always found interesting is that throughout the entire movie, you don't venture outside in that future era. You don't venture outside of that prison system. Right. Like, you don't see society as it's living in that day you just see this kind of grungy ass cages that all these uh, inmates live in yeah it seems to me like uh it's because they they were saying basically that one percent of the entire human population survived so it seems like that whole one percent they're keeping them in those prisons possibly because you know they're underground and yeah, I was thinking that too, but then what would be the point of, like, what are they, pardon to what? Like, if you're it's being probably, taken care of in this prison. I know, but like, uh, you know, just hang, dangle it in front of somebody's face so they do a good job and then just, like, lie. But what's the good of getting out of this prison world? Well, if all you know is that prison, and, you know, like... They're just saying, oh, well, we'll give you freedom. Like, of course you're going to try to do your best. So they they still send, they seem to send these prisoners on these, like, mini expeditions. So they, like, suit him up in this weird virus protection suit, and he starts walking outside. It's clear that uh, there are no humans around in the city. Mm -hmm. There's snow falling on the ground. It doesn't mention anything about, like, a perpetual winter or anything or, like, a nuclear winter. No, I just think it just happens to be winter. Yeah, probably. And uh, there are like wild animals. He runs into a freaking grizzly bear. And a lion. A a lion is on one of the buildings. Um, And he's like collecting living specimens. So he finds a spider and he puts it into a vial. Like a roach. Yeah, so if that's the case, like what's... If he's being pardoned to be released... Is that the world he's being released into? One that he can't even venture out in without a suit? 
Who knows, man? So there's gonna be like some other society, yeah, outside of this prison, and it's just very, um, you know, I'm sure they probably have some strict laws so they can keep as many people in check as possible. Yeah, because <laughs> that seemed like a pretty extensive amount of cages for such a small population of mankind. Right. <laughs> uh. Maybe they uh, release him back into Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's cool is that uh, they were supposed to send him back to 1996, and they end up accidentally sending him to 1990. Right. So six years before anything is even supposed to be happening with this uh, army of the 12 monkeys. That's what the scientists say. Uh, they they received this voicemail from the past that they were monitoring, um, and it claimed that the 12 monkeys were the reason for everything, uh, the rise of the virus and whatnot. So they figured, okay, so we're going to go back in time, stop 12 monkeys. Um, but in 1990, 12 monkeys are not even existent Yeah, yet. it's not even thought of yet. Yeah, it's, and he, it's, it's, he immediately gets arrested, thrown into a freaking right, lady bin. right. Attacks five cops, injures them. Mm. Um, he's freaking out because he's like, I gotta stop the 12 monkeys. And like, <laughs> he's talking all this crazy futuristic, like, I'm from the future. And so they uh, dope him up with whatever and uh, chain him up. And then the psychiatrist lady comes in. She's all, I'm gonna help you out. And then that's when we meet uh, Brad Pitt's character. Mm. He's in the mental institution too. And at this time, you just think he's a complete fucking nut job because he's just going off about whatever, right? Like, oh yeah, anti-consumerism, anti-capitalism, like that kind of yeah. Like it just like the tangents he goes off Mm. on are just out of this world. Which of course, Kevin and I are looking at each other, like, why does everything he says make sense? Yeah, hundred (laughs) percent. Like, and then um. From that point... Well, that's when he drops the bug in Brad Pitt's ear. Because he's thinking that possibly this guy has some kind of connection with what he's looking for. And so he drops the idea of the 12 monkey... Or not the 12 monkeys, but um, a virus. Yeah. Like, maybe, why don't we just... Or no, he starts talking about the virus from the future that destroys mankind. Yeah. Brad Pitt takes this as... Why don't we create a virus to destroy mankind? Right. And then uh, they make a grand... He escapes, but in the process of escaping is when they zap him back to the future. Right. Because they have, like, control over that. Yeah. And, um, and of course, they think he's... Uh, like all the other volunteers coming from a dystopian future, they all went off and, you know, started having some sex with hookers yeah, and doing, doing drugs. drugs and shit. <laughs> and so they never get to go and try time travel again. And so, of course, he gets back, and they immediately start interrogating him and, like, trying to figure out if yeah. he was just getting doped up and having a good time. And, of course, he passes, and uh, then they send him back. But this time, it's six years later in 96... Supposedly, right before the virus outbreaks. Mm-hmm. So from this point, now things start heating up. 
the the um, psychiatrist lady. She's believing him more because of the things that she finds. Because when when they sent him back the first time, they must have messed up again. They accidentally sent him back to World War Two. World pop War One. Oh, yeah. World War One. They pop him back into where he's supposed to be, mm-hmm. but in the meantime, he gets shot in the leg. Yeah, he got he gets shot while he was in World War One. Real quick, he's there for a short time, along with like another time traveler. Yeah. And they just happen to be in like the same era, and they see each other real quick. Bruce Willis gets shot in the leg, and then he gets zapped back into 1996. Right, and so in this time, she ends up fixing his leg, pulls his bullet out. The FBI is looking for her because they know that he supposedly kidnapped her, mm. um, and they do a, a check on the bullet, and lo and behold, it's pre-1920s. Yeah, and, and then that's when the doctor, the psychiatrist, yeah. is like confirm, yeah, confirm she, that she, she believes them. Puts everything together. They go to confront Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt at this time has got his little army going, his little freedom fighters. Apparently, yeah, yeah, because now he's he's out of the loony bin, and his father is like this rich dude that works at. Um, he's a virologist. Yeah, 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 and uh, he, you know. And he was in the loony bin. He always talked out against his father because he tests on animals and did all that yeah. kind of shitty shit. And uh, but now to get out of the loony bin, clearly he's like sided with his father and claims to right. be cool and says that animal testing is what's going to save mankind. So you know now he's all wearing his freaking tuxedo suit going to dinners. Still yeah. pretty loony looking. Oh yeah, still, still pretty bad. Still shit. out there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely still out there, but I'm smart enough to clearly pass the test to get out. Yeah, and then that's when Bruce Willis confronts him, and then Brad Pitt's like, dude, what are you talking about? You gave me the idea for the virus. Like, this this is what you were talking about. We're in on this together. And and then what happened after that? Uh, Basically, at that point... Um, Brad Pitt, or not, excuse me, Brad Pitt, uh, Bruce Willis gets sucked back to the future because they're like chasing him out of that party. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when he gets sucked back to the future, he thinks he's going insane at this point because he's like, Mm. I don't know what to believe. Yeah, he's really questioning reality. I mean, he's gone back to 1990, all the way back to his, his, his present future or his present time frame. To 1917. Yeah. All the way back to World War One. Then... From World War One back to ninety six, mm. and then back to present time. So he's like time warped, probably like six, seven times, you know. And so he's questioning reality at this point too. So finally, he they interject or they uh, inject him back again because like he's like freaking out and he's like, no, I can do this. He convinces the people in his time to send him back again because he says he's getting close to figuring out this twelve monkeys thing. Um, they send him back, and he tells he sees the first person he sees is a psychiatrist. He's like, "Oh, I'm I'm absolutely nuts." So you're right. He's like, "I'm out of, I'm out of my mind," and she's like, "No, no, no, I don't think you are," because she finds a picture with the the yeah, other the time War, traveler, the dude. World yeah. War era picture with yeah. Bruce Willis and the other time traveler dude. Yeah, they, that she was already aware of. Yeah, like she in was the beginning of the movie, she was doing like some kind of lecture talking about. This guy from World War One that was claiming to be from the future, right? Had having some sort of like schizophrenia or something, mm. which is why she was having a, a conference about him. Yeah, yeah. And then um, finally, from that point, um, she she makes all the connections. 
they find a phone. They needed to find a phone. They get a, they find a, a phone to call this special number. Oh right 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 because uh, originally at the very beginning when he was first p- transported to ninety six he was supposed to they gave him a phone number to call so he can leave a voicemail because they were monitoring that line from the future right and so that he was able to leave messages to them and so but he also didn't he felt like he uh, finished what he was sent back there for and didn't he was like okay so I did what they asked. What's yeah. the point in me going back to the future? Right. And so he had the idea that the way they were tracking him is through his molars, like some kind of implants yeah. in his molars. And so he rips out his teeth. Because he's a beast. <laughs> rips him out with a switchblade. Yeah, because yeah. Because he's even more of a beast. Oh, yeah. He, like, cut his gums open. <laughs> yeah. And slit those things out, yeah. man. And uh, so he ends up calling... Uh, he he called someone because she left the voicemail. Right. So she goes she goes first. She calls the number, right? And then she comes back oh, yeah. and she's well, like, well, oh, when hey. she's gone, he's on the phone." No, when she's gone, he's like sitting there and he's bleeding out on the on the street. She comes back and says, "Hey, we're we're nuts. We are nuts. This is crazy because I called it. It's just a voicemail." And then she starts saying it to him and he finishes the sentence. And it's the exact same voicemail that caused him to go find the 12 monkeys from the future yeah. in the first place. Right. So at this point, they go, they sneak into this movie house. Um, they're going to run away because they, they've they figured out at this point that uh, Brad Pitt's character is... Um, oh, right. Because he, um, he lets out the animals. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kidnaps his dad. And then they go and they they just release a whole zoo's worth of animals into New York. Well, it was the testing facility for his father. Oh, I thought and it was they, a zoo. And then they locked his father in one of the cages. And yeah. so that was his 12 Monkeys Army. Right. Was just an eco-demonstration group. Right. They just... They, they just, just released yeah, animal testers. Like, like Greenpeace. Yeah, exactly. Basically. And so they weren't the start of the virus. Not at all. And so, that's what Bruce... But Bruce Willis was on the phone with... Someone right. He called. He called that uh, that voicemail, and he's oh, okay. like, he's like, hey, the twelve monkeys. It's a dead end. Uh, it doesn't exist. Right. Like you're just a bunch of, of kids trying to let animals go for animal rights activism or whatever. In the meantime, the dude, uh, Brad Pitt's dad's number two guy, mm. um, is like protege or whatever. Suddenly has the virus and he's going through the airplane. Yeah, he's checks. at the airport. Yeah, in um, yeah, this character, you see him like twice. Yeah, there's like two scenes: one in the beginning, one in the middle, and this one. Yeah, yeah, he's not a very big character at all. <laughs> no, and like they kind of sneak that in. They're like, yeah. "Aha, it's this character that you've only seen twice." Yeah, so. a bunch of misdirection there. <laughs> And so you you start to realize, oh shit! Well, this is the guy that fucking releases the virus. Uh, Bruce Willis and the doctor uh, realize that, and they go for him. And this is the memory that Bruce Willis has as a child, seeing the man right. shot, the blonde woman f- chasing after him. That's him. He yeah. is the man he, being shot. He witnesses his own death. Yeah, he's shot by the cops as he's trying to run after the guy with the virus in the airport and shoot him, but he gets shot first. The blonde woman is the doctor. Um, 
And so the guy with the virus gets on a plane and he sits next to the head scientist lady from the future. Right. That got Bruce Willis into the past. Yeah. And so there's a scene where he sits down next to her and he says, "Do you? I mean, do you remember the exact he, he dialogue basically, that was mentioned?" He basically was like, "She's like, oh, it's crazy out there, type of thing." And he's all, "Yeah." And she's like, "Yeah, even this violence is hitting, hitting uh, airports now." And he's all, "Yeah." And she goes, "It wouldn't surprise me if humans are on the extinct list next." Well, he had already released the virus to the TSA guy. Because he was like, what are in these vials? And he's like, nothing, look, you can oh, smell right, right. like Yeah, because he, he was getting checked and he like opened up the vials. Like, is he yeah. an odor this? Yeah. Patient zero. Yeah, right patient there. zero. <laughs> and then he's like, he leans into her and he's like, yeah, you you wouldn't realize like how correct you would be or oh, whatever. And then, and then he, he asks her, what do you do? And then she says, I'm in insurance. Yeah. Which would imply... That she had gone back in time to stop it. Right. Right? She's in insurance. She's ensuring that mankind survives by stopping this dude from spreading this virus Or maybe she's in insurance to make sure the virus is released. Okay, I was also thinking that. Yeah. Because I'm all... Like, if it was in insurance to prevent it from happening, I'm thinking, how does she even know about it in the first place? Yeah. There was no way to connect him yeah. and let no, them know no about it. No one knew about that guy. In the future, right. Yeah. And so, but if it was her ensuring that it did go out, then that would mean that she knew the whole time. And so why would she be in the future trying to stop it? Maybe... I don't know. It's See, kind of a mindfuck at the dude, end Dude, it is. And I think that's the point. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be a paradox. Yeah. Because the whole movie's a paradox. The yeah. whole reason the virus came... Uh, well, I mean, the 12 Monkey Army was because of them. Right. Like, they caused the whole ideal of the 12 Monkey Army. Right. Granted, it wasn't the virus, but... Right. right. Uh, I mean, maybe that's the whole point of the ending. Was that it's just a paradox and yeah. it's, you can't really come up with an answer to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the movie's kind of a, a huge mindfuck. And I, re- I remember I remembered that from when I watched it when I was younger. I remember it being like a huge kind yeah. of, I was like, I know there's a twist. I just couldn't remember what the twist Too was. Too young. Too young yeah. for it. Yeah. And then now <laughs> I'm like, oh. We've taken enough hallucinogens where we can wrap our minds around tons, a couple of things. <laughs> tons of hallucinogens, bro. Um, the movie's great. It's awesome. Uh, it's so back and forth, and like the whole time, you know Bruce Willis isn't crazy. Like you're you're watching it, you know because you can see these things, and it, it's like nothing like out of the ordinary happens to where you'd be like. You know, like in Memento, when it's like, what the hell is going on right now? Mm. That doesn't happen to you in this movie. Right. You're very much aware that this yeah, is going on. Even the even skipping between time periods, like it wasn't jarring. No. It like you can like get a grasp can, on yeah. it just from the scene that they immediately set in front of you. Yeah. It was really well shot, like yeah. that. Like it was it was really cool that the, that's the way they did it to where like you could easily follow along. Yeah, and there there was a couple times where initially they would initially 
Um, and the first time he went to 1990, they had a little subtitle on the bottom that said, so-and-so plays 1990. Right, right. When he went to 96, it had a little thing on the bottom that said, so-and-so, 1996. They never had anything that said the future time. Right. They never had anything that said the World War One time. Right. Which is, I think, is the beauty of it. It's because you all you need to know is... 1990 and 96 time right. to be specific as soon as you see world war one scene yeah you, you know knew. exactly yeah. where it is yeah we as, knew exactly what as was soon as you see the future scene you you know exactly you know it's in the future yeah you know you know <laughs> what time what time frame he's and in. that uh i think is that is like masterpiece yeah filmmaking right yeah. there yeah where you can easily follow the story without having to catch the the viewer up yeah like that's super awesome like, just by visuals alone you yeah. can immediately tell where you're at and what's going on yeah yeah like it was it was really well shot like that now for the score the score was mainly just the opening title kind of replayed throughout <laughs> the whole thing i mean there may be some like Dun, 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 you know, like yeah. stuff in the background that you don't really notice. Yeah, there was nothing that really like jumped out, but like heart pumping or the, anything. The most music that I heard was just that main title opening song with like some kind of weird accordion sound. Like I don't know. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was it was it was it was different. But this whole movie's different. This whole movie's kind of. Out of the ordinary style movie. Oh, you know the only good music that was ever played was when oh yeah, like yeah. the music on the yeah. radio would be yeah. playing, and Bruce Willis would be like, "Oh man, music! Yeah, it's amazing." All, he's all reminiscing because <laughs> they they don't have, he doesn't have a radio. No, hell no, man! You know, <laughs> that shit doesn't have any exist kind anymore. of music out there. They had to bail out. That should <laughs> kill you. Yeah, that was nice, and I think those scenes where Bruce Willis is listening to the radio are. He does such a great job. Like yeah. that face, like yeah. you can see him like tearing up just from yeah. being so emotionally impacted right. by yeah. some crappy music that's on the radio at the this moment. Is, this is really good, really good acting in this movie. This is like Bruce Willis kind of like maybe a little bit past his prime, but still in that prime stage, you know, where he was still like top of top of the game. And Brad Pitt was definitely in his prime at this point. Well, he's getting there. I mean, this is pretty early. Uh, this is 25 years ago. Right, but so was Fight Club. Fight Club, I feel, was like the Fight pinnacle. Fight Club was five years later. I thought it was right around the same Wasn't time. Wasn't it 99? Oh, you're right. It was 99. Yeah, it was like 99, 2000. So, Fight yeah, Club, we're, yeah. We're, we're, we're approaching peak Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, we're peaking. We're coming on to peaking. We're like, we're like after <laughs> Interview with the Vampire, but not quite Fight Club. <laughs> interview with the Vampire. Yeah, he it's said too bad he, we're not a horror podcast. Yeah, yeah, I know that's a great one. That's probably one of one of my uh, top favorite Brad, Brad Pitt movies. That's a classic. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be sci-fi because Christian Slater is using a tape recorder. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> science fiction as in like uh, vampires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, science. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, bro, daybreakers. Uh, yeah. I would totally classify that as some fucking sci-fi right but sure. but yeah this this is a this is a really good movie um i i, I like it i like it a lot it's uh, badass i love this flick there's uh, um it's it's hard to really kind of talk about because like the 
it's such a mind fuck at the end. Like, who knows what actually is going on at the very end? That's the only time that that's the only part I'm confused on. Twelve monkeys, and then I made the connection with twelve monkeys, the twelve apostles of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you know, bringing about the flood. You know, yeah. Taking out mankind and starting yeah. back, starting over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, God reeling it all in, <laughs> saying none of this sodomy going on anymore. Game over. And that was, the, you know, game. honestly, now that you bring that up and and you're saying that, every time that he goes to the future and they're like talking to him, they're trying to tempt him. You know, they're like, "Oh, here's your pardon, right?" And you know, there's a, there's a, a, that spot where they're actually dangling it in front of his face. They're like, here is everything you've been oh, yeah, working for. Oh, yeah, that scene where he and wakes then, up, they have yeah. that big picture hanging in front of yeah. them, and they're like, singing. Yeah. And I was like, but, what is but this? But then when, if you actually listen to them, like, they're like, oh, oh, uh, you're going to get pardoned. Women are going to want to get to know you. Oh, yeah, that you know? was weird. And it's like, it's like they're like tempting them into sin. Like, yeah. They're like, you're going to be able to do what you want, buddy. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't want none of it. I'm freaking out here, man. <laughs> My psyche is shattered from fucking time skipping, you know. <laughs> like, so uh, uh, you know that's a I, that's a that's a theme I really didn't pick up on until until right now. Yeah, really, no, I'm starting kind of picked it up. I'm starting to notice some religious kind of undertones. Yeah, some no Noah's Ark stuff. <laughs> God destroying the world because it's all uh, yucko. Well, and I mean up. every like. Every time you turn around and there's like a stranger character that kind of pops in for a second, they're either trying to beat his ass and kill him, or they're trying to rape that chick. Yeah. You know, and so and then like, the chick is pissed that someone beats the shit out of that person that's yeah. raping her, yeah. <laughs> trying to rape yeah. her. He's like, oh, but <laughs> he's not breathing. It just it speaks a lot about like it speaks a lot about that religious overtone where mm-hmm. like the world is gone so corrupt that God is like destroying it with this virus. Maybe that's what the insurance policy was all about at the end, dude. Maybe she was uh maybe that's what that whole thing was about. That makes sense. <laughs> There's a theory. What if she was God? Could be. Nah, I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, uh Alanis Morissette played God in Dogma and Alanis Morissette was pretty heavily popular in the 90s. So God could be a woman. You see how it connected those dots? <laughs> God. Being some kind of gender. That is just yeah. asinine. Uh, if I was God and I came down to Earth, I'd pick a woman. Women are way more apt to be listened to than men. <laughs> I, I would 100% pick a woman to be. Oh, right, but you wouldn't have a penis. Right. You wouldn't have even a vagina. Like, I don't even... I just... Yeah. There is no God. I picked this movie up <laughs> for fucking five fifty, bro. And is it worth it? You know, for sure, five fifty, a five dollar DVD, absolutely. Especially this flick. Would I pick it up on Blu-ray? I don't even think you need this movie on Blu-ray. No, I don't, I don't think you do. I think it would be kind of cool to see some of those futuristic scenes in high def. And yeah. really get some of that detail out. And possibly, like, you know, I don't know what year this actual copy of this DVD was released. But let's say there was, like, a, a 2010, 2015 uh, Blu-ray out. Maybe there's a lot more features that you could, like, break it down, you know? Well, so what I would like to note is that don't you think that this 
uh, resolution on this DVD is less than the Flash Gordon DVD we just watched. I did. I did feel like some it of it was like, kind of blurry. It yeah. seemed like Flash Gordon had a better, uh, like high cleaner picture yeah. than this movie did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm sure they had to do some cleanup. Like. Well, yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm what pretty year? positive that this is an early issue DVD. Well, it says it's a, it says it's the special edition, so you know it's a little bit later. Special. I don't Backs actually DVDs. see. Do you guys want this Twelve Monkeys DVD signed by Jay and Kevin? It's a little beat up, but we can make it there. That'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you guys want that, um, hit us up. Hit us up on our email that Jay hasn't set up. <laughs> <laughs> it's dudes versus discs at gmail.com. Uh, first person to comment on the on our uh, on our podcast page. Uh, first person to comment on out. Can you comment on Spotify? No. No, not no, on No, we started on Podbean. That's like our base yeah. home. So, yeah. um, first person to comment on Podbean, uh, we'll shout you out, and we will also send you a signed copy of the DVD case yeah. of 12 Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be insanely popular one day. <laughs> and there will be a special gift inside of the case. Um kind of pissed because I'm looking at the back of this thing and it doesn't say a damn date and if it does I'm, my eyes are too old to see oh wait 2005 2005, 2005 is when this so when this DVD was released 15 year old DVD yeah not too shabby 2005 can you look at uh, the Flash Gordon one see when that one was released oh uh, yeah it's right here so this was released 2012 so this is 8 years old oh so it's a uh... Newer than yeah, a little newer. So maybe they cleaned it up a little bit. Who knows? Man, by Flash Gordon on Blu-ray. Uh, I feel like the DVD copy was pretty good. I think I would like, rather drink battery the, acid. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, the video quality on that Flash Gordon film was pretty damn good. Like it was pretty yeah, yeah, high I, depth. I, yeah, it was looking. actually pretty good. Like you could, you could, like make out everything relatively well yeah aside this one, from the crappy green screen effects yeah but yeah this like um this did seem like a really good vhs copy yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was about about vhs uh quality but honestly i didn't feel like i was missing out on anything on the um lower uh resolution no so 12 monkeys dvd 550 Booyah! Yeah, buy it. I'd say buy it for five fifty. Okay. I'd say I'd say it's worth ten bucks. Honestly, that's a ten dollar movie. I'd pay a bit. Well, once we start getting into ten dollars, I could probably find it on Blu-ray. Maybe. Maybe ten to fifteen on Blu-ray, probably. Yeah. Ten to fifteen on Blu-ray, five fifty on DVD. Booyah! Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> That'll work. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. It was um, a fucking pleasure 
seeing Flash Gordon for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, probably the last, but, dude, I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, I enjoyed it, too, but uh, that's definitely the last time I'm seeing that movie. <laughs> Maybe uh, the special the special gift inside the 12 Monkeys DVD case will be Flash Gordon. <laughs> You hear that, folks? And that will also be signed. So. Sign everything. Uh, I'll sign your babies. <laughs> you hear that? Uh, mail your babies in at dudesversusdisks at gmail.com. Yeah, email yeah. us a baby or two. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been Dudes vs. Discs, episode two. I'm Jay. I'm Kevin. Tune in next time. See ya. Dudes are Listen up, boy. Free spelling is a I tell you, now is the time to strike. <laughs>